next month. Portrait will release their new album, At One With None, via Metal Blade Records. The Swedish heavy metal unit have been forging their own path for a decade and a half, infusing new life into a long-standing, well-established genre. Their upcoming record is another essential addition to the Portrait canon, which will please new and old heavy metal fans alike. Purchase your copy of At One With None now at metalblade.com slash portrait. Once again, Portrait's new album, At One With None. Pre-order it now at metalblade.com slash portrait. Thank you. 
This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petr Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Friends out there, it is I, your host, Petr Spych. I am always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And... What's up, butts? I'm so... <laughs> Wow. I wanted to be like Gooch. Because you know I, how he can I be like, like aggressive? He's like, he sends bitches. Yeah, he says yeah. bitches. Yeah. I can't yeah. say bitches, but I like what's up butts. What's We're going to start butts? saying that. What's up butts? What's up butts? Hey that's, butts. Uh, whew, that's yeah. very aggressive. Where can these butts follow you? <laughs> Instagram and Twitter at It's the Sylvia. And make sure to follow our other co-host, Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Wizard of Jaws, J-O-Z, on TikTok. This week, back on the show, always a fucking fun time, man. Derek Green, Sepultura, we got him back on. We're here to promote Sepulquatra, which is out now, guys. It's it's a recording of all the live shows they did, or live shows, I'm sorry, live streams they did with band people all like Scott Ian, Dave Elvison, everything like that. It's a fantastic thing. We're going to play a couple tracks after the interview. But before all that, guys, let's jump into the Metal Sucks News. Tell you what you need to know. Metal Sucks News. Who is raping and upcoming show? Metal Sucks News. Dig it deep just to get the scoop. Metal Sucks News. Fill your head with the media's poop. All right. Oh, no. Every time. It's so long. Well, that's your fault for making it long. And then you guys can run the board. Because I've got all the power right here. Shit. I'm controlling all the sound. All I feel right. like a god. What if I've actually can... gotten not one, but like six emails of like, why is Brandon cut off the song? Because they like See? hearing it. Do they? Yes. Why wouldn't they? I don't understand your logic. Me I'll... and Sylvia don't understand. Yeah. It's a song. Well, because I know I can't sing, and I'm sure there's people out there that are like, fucking want to kill this guy. No, no, I'm think thinking of the, them. The they're listening of to oh. it, and it's a joke. It's a punchline. So when you cut it off, they're like, what the... So you're saying I can't sing, motherfucker? I didn't say that. Oh, thank you. No, okay. you have a great voice. But, but God, what if someone was grooving right now and you fucked it up? Let's, I, let's, I totally fucked it up. You we, fucked it up. We got sad but? news to start the show oh. off with, guys. Sad <laughs> oh, no. news. You fucked it up, Brandon. I did. Sad I fucked news. It up. Okay. Oh, it already up. started off sad when I fucked it up. Yeah. So anyways, you can play the song through is my point. At least fucked via the emails that I've gotten. <laughs> through through all the times we've talked about this. which Definitely is, fucked it up, Yeah, yeah, he did. So. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, though. Trouble, former singer, yes, Eric Wagner. The, I mean, he's the singer of Trouble. If you guys, I know there's, they're still active with a new singer, but Eric Wagner, the singer of Trouble, um, he has been in the skull. He did pass away of COVID nineteen, guys, and um, I don't know, man. Trouble to me during the eighties, like, cause um, for me, I, I got into trouble during the Rick Rubin days. When he pr- produced the solo record, Manic Frustrations, those were the, what is this band? And people always said, go back, it's Psalm 9 and The Skull and stuff like that. And I did that like way later. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about, I was like 25, 26, because it was before my time. And then when you do your math, you're like, all right. So in the 80s, the metal world had all these huge movements, right? You had your glam metal movement, you had your thrash metal, you had your classic metal. But doom metal was the underground stuff. Even death metal towards the end had that big push in the 80s. But like doom metal was not something that was like rising. It was straight underground. Trouble, the, the big four doom metal bands at that time, what do we got here? We got Pentagram, Trouble, St. Vitus, obviously, and, and uh, Candlemass, I guess. We'd say those are the big ones. None of those are, are huge bands like the Metallicas or the Motley Crues or the Ozzy Oz. You know, they, they didn't have that. So they had this underground following. And they were making this amazing stuff that would obviously inspire so many bands uh, down the road. 
to me, trouble, the thing that was about them that was so special was the voice. Like Eric Wagner's voice was what made the skull such a special record. Yeah. The guitar playing on those, on those records is really, really impressive as well. But his voice is what really stood out when I mentioned all the other bands, the St. Vitus's, the candle masses, the pentagram, Eric Wagner had a very distinct voice. Um, and uh, the thing that always turned people off from my knowledge is that uh, he was obviously Christian. Um, his lyrics were always, were always pro-Christianity if you listen to the records. I remember mm-hmm. that was one of the first thing people did. Oh, you like that band? That's like that's like Striper. I'm like, is it? You know, and then you mm-hmm. go down the rabbit hole. You're like, oh, yeah, he is. Um, and that never bothered me ever. Just like the metalcore, the Christian metalcore bands. I didn't give a shit. You know, I don't care about the religion. If, if you rock, you rock. If it's yeah. good music, if it's, it's good music, music and yeah. lyrically, I can take. And as much as you hate religion, there's yeah. always lessons within the scriptures. And, and, and no matter what religion, there's mm-hmm. always there's always a good lesson to take out of there. And you're gonna write a song about the good lesson. It's fine. Just don't write a song and be like, you know, uh, you know, Jews. That's never good. Well, then I don't think that's religious. I, it can be. Okay. That's what religion. That's what well, some, no, well, you know, I know. But that's but that's when that's when the ugly side of Christianity comes out. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Got it, saying. got it, got it. Oh, okay. I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. It took yeah. Me the a second. I was like, and yikes. like Egyptian <laughs> right? and like pyramids. Like yeah, being yeah. Built and exactly. Stuff. Okay. You know? He's saying if Mel Gibson wrote a record, Ooh. if Mel Gibson wrote a yeah, record, I see what thank you're you. Thank and, you. And unfortunately, those people that want to trash that type of music, it's like that's what they're focusing on, and that's not. Anyways, yeah, uh-huh. exactly. So the point is, is that maybe that didn't ever break them through, but Trouble was a very important band for for me. Like when I got into, you know, COC and all that stuff, it was like, check out Trouble. And you're like, whoa, this band's fucking awesome, but they're not, you know, as popular as COC. Yeah. But they never broke through. Rick Rubin produced two of those records, maybe more. I don't know the, the whole story. I just remember I was turned on because they were signed on to a Def, Amer- Def Jam rec- recordings like Slayer. And Rick Rubin was like, I'm going to push this band out from Chicago. Now, the last many years of Eric Wagner's life, I don't know if he still stayed that Christian route. I don't know if he still did all that stuff when he turned into the skull um, with the guys. But the point is, is that um, he refused to get vaccinated. And this is what was said uh, by his basis in this current band is that Wagner was a smoker. He occasionally drank, vaped and had health issues, but was generally opposed to institutionalized medicine and wouldn't make an exception for the COVID vaccine. We argued about it and he stood his ground on the matter. I always joked the world, according to Eric Wagner, you should write a book. He lived his life his way, you know? And so there's a lot of people with the the mentality that this is not something that's healthy uh, for them and they might have a religious tie to it. Um, It's sad that we, we see something taken away. He was going to, the skull was going to play at psycho Vegas. So I was, I was, that was one of the bands on my list before they canceled that I didn't definitely want to see because I was hoping they would play, you know, trouble tunes. Yeah. Um, which I'm, I know they might've, might've not, I don't really know. But the point is, is that, uh, just a sad, sad loss, dude. He died out here in Vegas and, um, uh-huh. yeah, man. So COVID took one of the metal people and hopefully people aren't saying anything negative because of his viewpoints. Obviously he paid the ultimate price mm-hmm. in his belief system. And well, and what I hate is happened, when the headlines so. are, is when the headline will read like, COVID denier or anti-vaxxer die. And it's like, or so-and-so died, but wasn't vaccinated. Right. But like, they have to like put that in the headline. I have not seen that. It's, it's all clickbait. That's that's what I'm saying. It's gross though. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, look, the guy's not with us anymore. Mm -hmm. Let's just leave it at that. Why, why sit there and make his, make, make his passing political. I haven't seen those headlines, but I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. You know? Uh, and yeah, dude, it's, it's sad, but guys crank up some trouble. You know, there was another passing this week we'll talk about at the end of the show. Obviously, legendary. We're talking about uh, Charlie Watts, but uh, we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But yeah, 
if you guys haven't checked out Trouble Man, that was a band that really uh, really meant a lot to me. Like I said, the first four records, I can uh, I can play on rotation and pretty much know all of them. And and the reason I love the Doom bands of the later era, like I said, when I bring up the COCs or Down being my favorite band and all that stuff, dude, it's it's because of bands like Trouble and Pentagram and and Candlemas. They're a foundation. Yeah, they they were a foundation of something slower, groovier. You know, um, that just this that had to have a certain vocal style. And uh, so R.I.P. Eric Wagner, guys, make sure you guys are checking out Trouble. Moving on to the next story. Now we can make some jokes, I'm pretty sure, if we if we are allotted. This is uh, this story to me is just sad, but we will talk about it. Nirvana, they put out a record called Nevermind. You guys hear it? I heard of it. It it kind of like it killed Never glam metal. It. Like, mm. like it was Never heard of it, it was the one it was I heard it took glam metal mm. like mm-hmm. put it in a cage, yeah, yeah. peed on it, then oh. lit it on fire. Wow. That's Ooh, what wait. I heard. Which, how can you uh, it? Their pee is flammable. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say that's pretty impossible. That's scientifically impossible. Well, no, if you're in a cage and you throw a match on it, your pee? On no, well, okay. Scientifically it might be impossible. Okay. <laughs> Okay. What are they okay. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> if I threw a if I threw a match in their hair, you guys are right with no I, pee. The, the, oh yes. The uh-huh, joke uh-huh. the joke wasn't like supposed to be scientifically oh, okay. correct, but I oh. appreciate you guys bringing it up. I really. So, we just didn't want misinformation heard, out there. Yeah, I live you're in right. an analytical. I'm in an analytical world, bro. Yeah. So Nirvana's Nevermind, right? Yes. Yeah. What's it that? It took a poop on someone in a cage, right? Okay. And then. It dropped acid on the poop. Okay, oh, where did they get the acid? Which murdered glam metal. Oh, okay. But the acid, where did they... They got the acid because they had liquid Drano in okay. the cupboard at the kitchen, got underneath it, got the it, got sink, it. baby proof, nobody can grab it. Woo-wee. But that's what Nirvana's Nevermind did to glam metal. Right. Okay. Okay. You could guys it, okay you, you could have just said killed it. Yeah. But, okay. I want people to visually see... Okay. Do you, you know, hate glam metal? I want people to visually see. Look what <laughs> the cat Louise. dragged in by poison, getting shit on, and then draining. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. I can count on one hand how many times Pete has been negative towards anything. Warrants cherry pie, <laughs> getting peed on, and somehow catching fire, even though that's scientifically impossible. I'm okay with that. Nirvana's right. Nevermind did that. Okay. The cover of the album. Breed is my favorite song. Breed is your favorite it's song. Favorite it's song. a good song. It's a really good song. That song was part of the annihilation yeah. of Britney Fox. <laughs> of dangerous toys. <laughs> you hate that them song. Oh I know, right? It's that like, song. I've never, I've never known Pete to like hate is anything. What, what put Faster Pussycat in the basement and nobody undug them. They're done, right? That song, Breed, right? Anyways. Wow. The kid on the cover. It's a naked baby. He's got to be like, what, 30, 31 now? Now, right? Yeah. Naked baby. It's been a while. He's got a fish hook with a dollar sign on this baby's in here. Yep. So He's underwater. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like swimming. This gentleman is now a grown-up, and he's saying that uh, he is suing Nirvana because the cover is child pornography. Mm-hmm. When did a naked baby become child pornography? I... I think a naked baby becomes child pornography the second someone looks at a naked baby and, and makes it child pornography. It, yeah. yeah, you're the one who's sexualizing it. Mm-hmm. You're sexualizing and even, yourself. And even Kurt Cobain has said, if you look at this baby, you think it's you know it's child pornography. You might be a pedophile. Right. So so and he's looking this, at himself and he's saying and that, he's sexualizing himself. He sexualizes okay. himself, which. That's kind of weird. And keep in mind, there's <laughs> doesn't this guy have a tattoo of Nevermind Across on his chest? His chest. All right, and well then, he's posed many times with that uh with the with the album. And I think he even went underwater like to recreate the uh the the photo. I do remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's he's living it up. You know, he's taking all this in. So what what 
where's the, the He's probably problem? broke and desperate and I've sad. I've seen a lot of comments say that. Yeah, he he did say that. It is it's clearly a cash grab. Well, it's because it's just ten years of victim mentality of that's what's yeah. going on pumped anyway. into the to the every. Do you think a site. lawyer was like, bro, we can sue? Uh, I think there was a lawyer who was probably like, yeah, I think we could sue only because he's famous and he knows and he knows that this is going to get clickbait. So maybe uh, it's going to help get his name out there, but he's going to look lawyer. like a joke. Yeah. Well, this is this is negative attention. I know but, it is. Yeah. But like, if, I think the album's going to sell more now. A hundred percent. But this kid, no one would ever know who he was if he wasn't coming out and doing interviews and recreating the photo and getting yeah. a, a, the, the never mind across his chest. And by the way, are your parents going to get in trouble for this? Because, because clearly somebody had to allow them I think this they were, to happen. They were paid like $200. Like, well, was there a waiver signed at the time? Who knew at the time that this album would, would destroy glam metal and be as popular <laughs> as it was? Like, Bleach came out before. It wasn't... The, it didn't change it didn't the change world. Anything. Like, I mean, it's just a, a grunge record cover. This album could have been a Mudhoney record for what people knew. And I'm saying, not saying anything bad, but Mudhoney was a popular band, but I'm saying it wasn't something that... Yeah, would he, would he want to sue yeah. then if it was like Mudhoney? Yeah, or, yeah. You know, like, no, like, like of course not. The if girl it, that's sitting on the swing on the corn record, you know, like I'm sure they didn't get paid a lot to be on that record yeah. because who thought corn would blow up? Yeah, you never knew. It's just a metal album. Hey, you want to do this art? Sure. And then mm-hmm. the record blows up. It's iconic. It changed. You know, it, it pretty much killed grunge. You know, but it, it did still, it nicely I though. Think, it it kind of slapped it and said, "Go away." I think that girl was in an inter- <laughs> I think that girl was in an air- interview, so she's okay with it. Mm. You would think that if you're doing interviews or doing all this stuff, you'd be like, "Okay, I mean, that happened when I was a kid." Yeah, yeah, and that album, Dick, pretty much, it, it looks like somebody's gonna kill a little girl on a swing, right? Yeah. Isn't that what the cover is? Like, yeah, a it has like a, the hook. Yeah, with the hook. So anyways, this is, I mean, it's sad. We are a suing culture, but I, oh, here's the thing there's... is I always wonder about things like this. I'm like, all right, so you're going to go to court. Mm-hmm. It's going to get thrown out. And then you have a bunch of lawyer fees and guys like this don't pay the lawyer fees. So this is just really just a bunch of nonsense, a waste of everybody's time as, and, and then we complain about our, our court system and all this shit because yeah. stuff like this is allowed, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyways, so, uh, Let's go around the horn. Is this guy to get any money from this nonsense? I hope no. he gets. I hope he loses everything. I and hope then, he loses. I hope it all goes to worry. I hope he has to pay every lawyer. For not me. only that, but like the whole grunge like fans and rock fans, eh, they're all going to hate him. Oh no! I think that he's completely <laughs> look. He he didn't really. He wasn't on the radar anyway. No, you know? and now he knew what now he he's was. on the radar for a bad reason. But I mean, you know, it's, no. But like, if he wouldn't have said, "Hey, that that was me as a baby." one's gonna know Where, where's the where's the, the psychological damage just don't say anything so moving on to the next story but Fuck yes we all hope he gets nothing that that's what we're gonna get shit <laughs> so insane clown posse guys we did a whole rise to a fin on them yeah. three-part episode on them they were uh they're they're fun guys what was their uh, their thing the whoop 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 whoop, 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 whoop yes whoop. Uh, insane clown will retire from touring because violent jail Jay reveals a heart condition. Now, I mean, that's kind of smart. And I think that's great because, you know, uh, you obviously don't want to hear a heart attack after stage or anything like that. Of course not. um, They're still put out music. They'll still do uh, do shows, but just not touring. So just a lot of stuff in Detroit? I don't know. I imagine imagine they do the the Juggalo Festival. It's maybe a a one-time-a-year thing. But uh, to me, I feel like albums are put out now so you can tour. And that gives you a reason to go make money on the road. I feel mm-hmm. like it's all in touring. So I know that I'd send Clown Posse probably own their own rights, everything. Like they're one of those bands like Clutch that just got up their own label that has all that shit. So maybe it's not the same route with them. But if you're not touring, do you think that they're 
new albums or music they do in the future is going to really matter or make any kind of... No, no, it's not. I don't think any of the music they've made recently anyway is what you would call juggalo, you know, just iconic juggalo themes. You know I what I mean? Yes. I mean, it's like, I don't really understand that. I don't understand the, uh, the juggalo subculture, but it doesn't seem like... The only just thing like, Just I like with away. every band, just like with every band that starts off you know, being raw and rugged and yeah. stuff. It's like, dude, the older they get, the bigger the joke they become because you're still singing about the same shit. The when only you're thing yeah. that I take away from ICP is how do magnets work? How yeah. Do I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miracles was a That's hit. That's really it. That's really it. And why was it a Brilliant. hit? Because, because of the video. Because of the video and because we made fun of it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, that's why it was. It was a but hit. you know what? Because of, not Who because got of, rich? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Guess who's laughing all the way to the dark carnival? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, sad news, man. Aww, I, I, I am not an IC fan. But how, I am not an ICP fan. But I, I, I don't know. I've always had. You this appreciate them? Is it like a? Is it like for a what guilty done. pleasure? No, I don't listen to them at all. Oh. I don't even know a song by them besides the miracles with the magnets. Yeah. But truthfully, I, I just feel like, um, I, I, I'm like they made it their way. It's their, sure. their, okay, their path and their road. Admiration yeah, for their, their is crazy career. To me. Yeah. It's, I, I, um, I feel how, like... How old are they for uh, him to have like some, some heart? I don't, probably issues. in his 50s. I'm thinking, right? they, I'm thinking they're in their 50s because they were really active like early 90s and stuff. Oh, okay. So I think Kid Rock age. They, were, they went up... I, I remember when okay. we did the story Kid Rock and them kind of rose together Okay. at the same Detroit kind of thing. But mm-hmm. uh, So I would think they're around that, that guy's age. But anyways... Oh, that's sad. So... Will anybody be able to replace ICP? No. No, don't even try. That's like their own entity. No, unless they, you know, they do something like Gore, or like well, they have like different people. You know how Kiss? That's what I mean. You know how Kiss said, "Hey, we can keep going with someone else taking our roles." Don't you think someone can take on the ICP guy roles? Or? No, I think they. I don't could. think I. I'm not a uh, ICP fan either, but yeah. I don't want that happening. This is what I think. I, I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that. Don't touch ICP. And here's the thing: Leave what would happen alone. if somebody took their roles and they were just better rappers? You know, I mean, then all of a sudden it just makes ICP not as fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, like oh, they have talent. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, you're good? No, get out of here. Get out of here. Part of the charm is the, hey, they're just doing it their way. That's, yeah, yeah, that's part of the good charm. Good for them. Yeah, for and them. you would think eventually they'd be really good at their craft. Well, they got lazier as time went on. <laughs> it's great. It's like, yeah, hey, we're successful. Let's get if lazier. If they're successful, they're getting money, and like people are still following them. Why not? <laughs> but you got to work harder. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, we got this. Anyways, so with that, guys, real quick. Rotted Through is releasing their debut album, The Depths, on September 10th on all major platforms. The Depths is a dark, net-inspired horror show that gets deliberately heavier the deeper you descend. Get your pre-order September 3rd on iTunes, Bandcamp, or RottedThrough.com. And make sure to follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rotted Through. One more time, guys. Rotted Through's debut album, The Depths, is coming out September 10th. Pre-order it September 3rd on iTunes, Bandcap, or RottedThrough.com. And with that, guys, let's jump into our interview right now with Derek Green from Sepultura. Ah, just uh, here in L.A., uh, waiting to see if this tour is going to happen for us at the end of the year in Europe with Sacred Reich, Crowbar, uh, November, December. So just really waiting on that, you know. Um, oh, kind of frustrating, but at the same time, you know, I just want things to be done properly. Absolutely. And uh, and us North American fans, we're going to see you guys out here in March, uh, April, same, right. same package, which is excellent. Because um, two years ago, 
um, this package was going to happen. Then obviously the pandemic happened. Well, about two years, not quite, but, um, right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to jump into any kind of controversy, but there is a lot of, uh, rules <laughs> and regulations right. that we're going to have to, uh, I guess, uh, figure out. And uh, I don't know how much of that lands on the band. Like when it comes to, um, the vaccinating or proof of uh, card, you know, proof that you don't have the, the, uh, virus, I'm sorry, proof right. of the test. I don't know if that uh, lands a lot on the bands, but, um, me, I, I don't know what, I don't know what my thoughts are. I'll be honest with you. Have you, have you discussed it with people? How do you feel about that? Well, I, I think it's really important that each person takes responsibility of being as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to show, then it shouldn't be a problem to take a test, you know? Um, and if you have a card, then just show your card. Um, I, I think in these times it's different from any other times. So you have to take precautions because you don't want to get other people sick. Um, and you have to be selfless. You know, a lot of times people are just thinking of themselves, uh, unfortunately, only themselves. And they feel that they need to go out and do what they need to do, regardless of the consequences consequences that may cause other people. And that's a hor- horrible attitude, I got to say. You know, it's really frustrating um, dealing with people that have this type of me, 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 me attitude. And, um, and it's really slowed a lot of things down. So I think if people are able to just uh, take precaution, you know, have some restraint and just be safe, you know, including the bands, then, um, you know, we can get through this a little bit faster and, and, you know, and we can get back to enjoying some type of normalcy in our lives. I mean, normalcy is a word, but <laughs> or normality in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point is that I, I am wondering how the culture has um, the me, me, me attitude that I see more and more or that's, you know, that's changed in a lot of ways um, from I, I feel like when I was growing up, um, I always wanted mm-hmm. to be part of a team. It was kind of a, a thing. But right. now I, I wonder, like I, I look at the upbringing that's different and I wonder what it is. I don't mm-hmm. want to go straight to social media or anything like that. But right. where where do you feel um, – do, do you remember just growing up or, or during our times that we kind of changed where yeah. it was more of a, I don't want to say a hate culture, but it seems whatever we can hate is the most popular these days opposed to right. whatever is the most impressive in a way. Right. Um, right. When, when did you feel that kind of all started changing? Just, just, and again, this is just conjecture people. Mm-hmm. We're just talking. Right. right. Um, I think there is definitely a big shift. I believe in, it started in the late fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it had to do a lot with technology and, and I know what you said, you didn't want to jump right into the internet, but I mean, just in technology in general, mm-hmm. just that transformation of, of, of information, um, and, and control and power. Um, a lot of people feel that they've lost control and power and, 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 in certain ways they have, you know, and, and it's something that, majority of people in the Western world have given, you know, and, and it's, and they're already in it, you know, it's like, it's not like you have a lot of people talking about, Oh, we're going in this direction. It's like, we're already in it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're already deep into whatever people want to call a matrix or whatever network or connected. It's like, we're all there. If you're spending money um, paying taxes, you know, buying goods, um, 
then you're in it already. You know, it's like it, the game is already over. You know, they have all that information. Everything is already there. I just, I, you know, I think people have to really concentrate on the reality of their situation. I hear a lot of times people bitching and moaning about different freedoms being taken away here in the U.S. And I'm here in L.A. where, you know, it's the first world. Um, we have a great amount of freedom here in America, and I think a lot of people take it for granted. Um, I have a, a, a fiancé that lives in Belarus. So her perception of what's happening now in reality is very different, you know. So it's hard for me to hear people here bitch about a mask or getting a vaccine. You know, these are like first world problems, you know. It's like we're creating all this, like, energy and, and hype around things that aren't necessarily the big problems, you know, and things that we need to be focusing our energy on. You know, it's like when I talk to my girl and she's talking about, true freedom being taken away as far as people disappearing um, in black vans, getting beaten at police stations, not being allowed to wear certain colors because they're revolutionary colors, not being able to talk on social media about anything of this, or you will be arrested, living in a police state, having a dictator that's been in power for over 20 years. How, and, you know, and then she's got a choice of either like a Sputnik vaccine or a China vaccine. You know, and, we're, and so it's like, I don't know. It's hard for me to hear people bitch and moan about these like little rules that they may have to do. And they've always, I mean, there's this whole country is run on rules already. You know, it's like people follow rules. That's law and order, you know, so fucking follow it, get on board. You know, and I just, it just frustrates me when I hear people bitching about it. And then I hear my girlfriend who's not bitching all the time, but I know the circumstances that she's in. You know what I'm saying? And that's a lot of people in the world, not just her, but people living in poor countries and places where they got to go to work. You know, it can't be, you know, they can't stop for a moment or anything. It's like real life situation. Not to say that any of the problems that people are facing here aren't real life situations, but I just think that there's a lot of focus could be on other things other than uh, wearing a mask or getting a fucking vaccine. You nailed it. It's a perspective, you know, and that's what yes. it is. It's just a perspective. Exactly. And, and we, we do, I know people don't believe it, we do control our perspective. I am a first-generation American. My father moved me from the former Yugoslavia. And if he didn't move me okay. in time, I would have been 15, 16 years old with a gun fighting a civil war I probably didn't believe in and probably would have died with many of the people there. So, in what country is uh, I'm from Montenegro. I'm from. We're from Montenegro. So yeah, yeah. so I I have a real different perspective that if he didn't get me to this land, you know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to enjoy almost anything. And you know what he used to say to me? Right, right. He said, he said, convenience breeds ignorance. You're going to learn everything the hard way. And I'm like, what do you mean? I can, you know, map quest on my phone. Nope. You're going to get a map (laughs) and learn how to get there. And then you can do it on your phone. Like, and he always said, convenience breeds ignorance. And I feel seeing what we're dealing with, everything being so convenient, it is breeding a lot of ignorance um, around Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's unfortunate because there are you know, people that I, I feel are very intelligent friends of mine mm-hmm. and, and, and family. And I mean, I don't know what's going on um, a lot of times, but it's just it's just mind-blowing at times you know it's just it really is but 
I just really try to stay as positive as possible, try to be as responsible as possible, and um, and just really get through this. You know, yep. it's it's. I mean, and look at again all the positives. You know, I'm not able to see my son, my fiance during this mm. this whole quarantine and everything. You know, it's like it's frustrating and aggravating, but at the same time, I have to look at the the positives that are happening in my life where I'm a, I am able to see some of my family and I do have a roof over my head I'm not homeless and um, I'm able to eat every day and so you know I just got to really go with what it's just the reality for me I just like and not really stress about things that are out of my hands absolutely man absolutely and that's and this is my theory and again it's a, I always simplify things I feel that when you are entitled and convenience kind of runs your culture something yeah. as simple as getting a shot the only reason people don't want to do it is because it's inconvenient and it's something more on their plate i feel like it's just because oh i gotta go do something forget it like i really right. feel there's a large portion of americans yes i'm sure there's many people that are you know it's a political thing whatever a large portion that are just like i'm just i'm just too lazy i don't want to do it and i think that's <laughs> that's what we can that's what we can control because everything that we ever learned and Derek, you can disagree with me or not. Everything I've ever learned, I had to try. And, right. and that is like, all right, got to try. Otherwise, I learned nothing. Anything that was given to me, I took for granted. Right. It's you're just, you're it's absolutely a, right. It's a normal. You have, yeah. It's no, like, no doubt about that. Yeah. So anyways, everybody, Derek Green, back on the show. Love talking with him. But I, we are here to celebrate and talk about the new uh, the new live record Sepul Quatra, which is out right now guys we're gonna play this monday derek that's why i'm uh, i'm just saying it's out now but all yeah, right yeah uh, it's out right now guys and i you know we kind of got off on the the touring because i'm so excited to see this package and i'm hoping uh, everybody follows the rules so nothing goes wrong out here um but my point is let's talk about this tell me about you right. guys embracing the live streams and how important that was during this time for you as a band and, and for your fans well once everything went down um, we were had the, this big ball of momentum, you know, and we were really looking forward to going on tour. And we wanted to keep this flow of energy of really this connection we have between us as a band. And we wanted to keep connected with our fan base. And so we felt that since we were all stuck at home, we should really start with just communicating with each other. I'm in L.A. Those guys are in Brazil. And uh, we were meet every Wednesday and uh, online, like through Zoom, and just talk about uh, life, things that are going on. We felt like, hey, let's put this online where we're talking about past tours, um, answer questions from fans, try to keep connected with them in, in, in some type of way where they have something to, to go to, to see us, you know, and to, to know that we're still around and, and, and what's going and answer any questions that might they might have so what really grew out of that it was like hey why don't we jam um each of us in our homes jam sepultura songs so we started with ourselves playing these songs our songs and then we decided to add to to really have guests come on um to invite people that we had some type of relationship in the past either touring or friends with this person or different artists um, or playing Sepultura songs. So it grew into that. Then it grew into to even more as far as having conversations with different organizations that we truly believed in and needed help 
um, actually promoting uh, their causes. So it went from uh, from people battling with depression. We were talking with experts or people that work in that profession. Uh, we were talking with uh, different people who were trying, who are trying to preserve the indigenous, help the indigenous people that are in the, the Amazon. Um, we talked with sea shepherd who are preserving the oceans and the sea life in it. And just many different people, to skaters, professional skaters. We just really wanted to mix it up and, and, and just have something for the fans to come to each Wednesday, uh, Sepo Quatra, which in Quatra means Wednesday, Quatrafera in, in Portuguese. So it just really grew into something that bigger than we possibly could have imagined, but it was an excellent way to have that contact and connection. Yeah, it was fantastic. And you did mention all the, the positive stuff you guys got out of that. One of the videos you guys did off of one of our favorite albums of last year, which was Quadra Guys, um, Guardians of the Earth. Tell us how that all came together, because there is the positive message, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. about the Amazon and the situation out there. Well, there's a friend of ours, uh, of the band, an old-time friend, and he's from Ecuador. And he wrote me one day saying that I should follow this Amazon Frontlines uh, page on Instagram. And so I went to it and I really got into what they were doing, what they're doing. And I really was into their, um, the way that they're able to show what's happening in the Amazon and show the people who are, are fighting, um, who are fighting there. And so it was so strong, the images, the imagery and everything. And I'm really into photography and, I, I felt once I heard Guardians of, of Earth, the song, before there were even lyrics or anything, just the, the feeling of the song reminded me of this fight of the indigenous people that are there. And so, I don't know, I really connected it in my mind with those visual images from that page, the song, and then the lyrics coming about um, because of their fight, you know, was really inspired by them. And so I decided, like, we should try and contact them to see if we can use their images and we could work together to really help in their cause. Um, and, and so then it was just a chance, you know, just by writing them and they knew of the band and they really um, were willing to work together to create a video um, for the song, but also the song helping their fight. Yeah, and you're right. That that song, the video was perfect for the song, and the same thing. The visual aspect, as a fan, when I heard it, I'm like, this is exactly what I'm seeing. It was it was like kind of meant to do that, kind of help out. That's how things work Absolutely. out sometimes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really cool, man. So, guys, if you haven't yet, make sure you're picking up the record Sepulcarta, guys, and it's out right now. Let's talk about all the guests. We had some great ones, dude. For me, Fernando Lira from Crypto, I'm a big fan of Devin Townsend, Mark from Periphery, Alex from Testament. You know, Matthew from uh, Trivium, all the guys. Tell me how you recruited or just how it all came together And before I let you go, man. And, and, what, okay. <laughs> and, and the last thing is just what's the deep cut that you're happy you guys got to do on this record? Okay. So a lot of the people, we were just brainstorming. You know, we get together and we're like, hey, who do you think we, would, we should get and who would be into it? And who's possibly a fan of the band? So we just brainstormed different names and, and went through everyone. And, and every person that we reached out to, um, 
we figured they wouldn't be that busy at the moment since everybody was at home and not touring, and we might have a chance to get the participation of everyone. So we're really grateful for everyone that was able to be a part of it. And again, we didn't plan to make an album um, in the very beginning um, when we were having these guests or anything. We were just, this was just part of the, the program that we were doing. It came after the fact that we had all the, everything, you know, all the material that we're like, hey, we should do something with this. This is very special and it's going to mark a very special time in, uh, in our history, you know. And so um, basically we would just reach out to people and they'd just get back and some people wanted to do specific songs. Um, certain people had seen it and heard and they were like, like Shavo from Systems of a Down. He was like, hey, why didn't you ask me, you know. And, and so we ended up doing a song with him. Um, and, and, and just like each person was just like willing to do it. So we were really grateful to that. And um, I think one that really stuck out in my head was Devin Townsend, um, yeah. the song Mask. Um, he's such an incredible artist. And we're not like super close friends, but we know each other through mutual friends and from the road and knowing a lot of the same people. But I was really interested in what he would contribute, considering that I know that he didn't know the song. Um, he had to learn it. And it's a really weird song that we don't play live. I, I mean, so it was fun for me to revisit the song and also hear it with him playing on it and his personality and not only playing, but singing. So it was great to have his interaction on that song and it really transformed into a completely different song for me. And I got to tell you, that that's how I feel about the majority, if not all the tracks, is that they kind of get morphed into a little bit of, you feel all the personality of the guests. And Mask, right. mask off of uh, Kairos, I hope I said that right, sorry. <laughs> Kairos, right? Kairos. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for Kairos, man, that was a, a great pick by uh, Townsend. And he gives it a, a, little, a little different, like you said, a little different flavor. And that's what's so special about the record. And, and it's just a really feel-good, positive time. You hear the friendships that you guys are doing, the collaborations, and this music, musicians coming together, and that just makes me show. It just shows the positivity and everything that, even at the worst times, that art will always uh, transcend and put a smile on our face from our, our that, friends. That, man, there's no doubt about that. I mean, that was like the, you know, something I really got out of it. You know, was that positivity and how music can really heal and bring people together in such a incredible way. It never ceases to amaze me. Ditto, man. And that's why anything I can do to, to keep the, the word out there and, and, and have people uh, fall in love with it as much as I did, I will do the rest of my life. So with that, <laughs> right. Derek, man, always a pleasure. Thank you again, man, for uh, joining us here on the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Almost morning.
Ouch! Ow! The Metal Sucks Podcast.
guys first song you heard is mask featuring devon townsend off of sepo cuatro which is out right now guys so make sure you guys are picking it up second song slave new world featuring matt from trivium guys great record if you guys haven't checked it out just a blast to listen to all these renditions all these guest artists really really cool third song you guys heard is from a band called white stones that is martin mendez's band death metal band from opeth martin mendez um this is their second record guys that track is called new age of dark and is off their latest record dancing in oblivion that record is out right now if you guys haven't checked out white stones guys make sure you do i also want to bring back the song you heard on the opener guys that was pray for the dead from trouble off the record the skull so make sure if you guys haven't listened to trouble this week you are and the last thing we're going to talk about guys before we do our outro um, and we're going to go on an outro, listen to a, a Rolling Stone song. We know them all. You guys do too. But yeah, Charlie Watts Aww. passed away, drummer from the Stones at 80. Um, can't, we, I remember reading an article a long time ago on oh, Metal Sucks being like, what are we going to do when one of the members of Metallica dies? And we're, oh shit, that's going to be a big deal. That's yeah. going to be huge, right? Yeah. This is what we're going to do. We're going to yeah. feel like we do with Charlie Watt just passed away. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, a, it's, it's a big deal, man. So um, there's a story where he uh, we were like that uh, at a hotel where he some I think it was Mick Jagger who called him or like asking for his drummer. And he like suited up and like he went downstairs and punched him. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It was some story like that. But he like got all dressed up and he went to go punch Mick Jagger and said, no, you're my fucking singer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Charlie Watts, man. He's a- he was the gentleman of the group. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, you think about, you know, Mick Jagger and you think about Keith, Keith Richards. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, Charlie's going to outlive them all. He's right. older, though. He's, he's, I saw that he was older by like five mm-hmm. or six years. But he's, he just seemed... He seemed stoic. Be, he, yeah, he just seemed to be just on point. Um, and uh, just, just always just... The, the, the glue that kind of held that band together. Yeah. And as a drummer, I mean, the song that uh, we picked that we're going to play, man, it's a song that highlighted his drum skills. It's off Beggar's Banquet. It's Street Fighting Man. Um, and it, it's like I said, it's one of those mixes where Charlie's in the front and mm-hmm. Mick's in the back. And I really love it. There's a lot of those songs through the Stones catalogs where they keep Mick kind of in the back, you know, and, and uh, they let Charlie kind of break through. And that, that Street Fighting Man is definitely one of those. This is the first one that came to mind when I thought about his drumming style. So, we're, we're going to end the show with that, guys, real quick. We want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews on the good old Apple iTunes. That's all we ask for as a program, as a show. If you guys appreciate all the hard effort, make sure you guys are checking that out. And also checking out our other podcast, Rise to Offend. Um, that is a documentary discussion podcast that we do. Uh, we've done many, many topics. If you guys have not checked that out, 
Go check out Rise to Offend. With that, Charlie Watts, thank you so much for everything. The Rolling Stones will live on forever, man. And you are always going to be that face of the drum kit, no matter what. Here's Street Finding Man letting us go. Sucks Podcast is signing off.